Hello, I'm your host, Effie Pilarinu, and today I'm excited to be speaking to Mel, Mel uh, Japracis. Do I pronounce your last name correctly, Mel? Perfectly, perfectly. Lovely so, to be here. Lovely to have you, Mel. The last time we saw each other in real life was in Amsterdam on Money 2020 in September. And actually, it was a fantastic time. Bitstamp was celebrating its 10-year anniversary. And, and I cannot forget those cupcakes you guys had at your stand with um, um, uh, glass uh, icing on the top with the different cryptocurrency symbols. And I had a blast identifying them and picking some of them. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was lots of fun to chew through crypto, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so today I'm excited because we'll be talking not about cryptocurrency prices, but about the market. I mean, mm -hmm. this, this, this is a market that is already over 10 years old. Right. We all know that its adoption was, was, was really driven by retail. But now we are at a completely different stage. If I think of it, we already have pure crypto companies listed on global exchanges, and that trend yeah. is, is continuing. We have incumbent banks, big banks, initiating research of this new asset class. And we have tons of new investment wrappers, rather traditional investment wrappers for um, exposure, for gaining exposure to this asset class and on and on. There's so much going on and, and I'm excited to discuss with you since you've been in this market quite a while and because you also have, like myself, a, a traditional uh, banking uh, background uh, I didn't know I was looking at your background. You've even spent time on the London Stock Exchange right. on top of, of your banking experience at, at Lloyd's. And now you're the, the chief commercial officer at Bitstamp. And for our listeners, Bitstamp is the longest running exchange, crypto exchange. And, and we might have the opportunity to, to discuss that uh, journey. What's important for me always is to look at the mission of, of a company. And Bitstamp is all about making finance, this new world of finance, accessible and beneficial for everyone through cryptocurrencies. And on, and on that note, Mel, I want to start with, you know, the, we, we, we all talk about uh, institutional adoption, oh, institutional adoption, and so on. So who are these institutions? What do we mean institutional adoption? And why are they stepping into this market suddenly? It's a really great question and an important one. You're right that crypto has been around for over 10 years. Institutions in this space have been around for five to eight years. So when we talk about institutional adoption, I think it's more the case of the changing type of institution. So in the early stages, we had prop trading firms, 
hedge funds, and kind of the early adoption of family offices that were really operating in the crypto space. What we've been seeing over the past 12 to 18 months, and even more so this year, is the entrance of a different type of institution. These are the more heavily regulated institutions. Your neobanks who have retail customers that are very hungry for access to crypto. Your asset managers who have been watching this space for 10 years, seeing the volatility driving certain results in others' P&Ls and wanting to tap into that. We're also seeing the more large-scale global players that also have been observing this industry for some time and waiting for the right moment to start getting more exposure to it. So the global investment banks that are all over the news in terms of setting up new teams to focus on this. So you're seeing this early adoption entry of new types of institutions. And to your point, why now? I think we're starting to see an increase of regulation in the space that we didn't see five to 10 years ago. Bitstamp was a market leader. It was the first cryptocurrency exchange to self-regulate. It was the first one to push a regulator to regulate it. And we're very pro-regulation. We see the impact and the positiveness in protecting the assets for both retail and institutionals. So the regulators have entered into this space so institutions are much more comfortable. We're also seeing the impact in terms of the volumes as a result. So across the various spot exchanges, institutions tend to account for about 80% of the volume. Wow. So, yeah, so someone like Bitstamp that was an exchange built by traders for traders Institutions are very important for us and also important for the maturing of the industry to be accepted as an emerging asset class. And, and I mean, that number, the 80% is, is, is pretty impressive. I, I didn't expect that. What is the, the top concern of the institutional um, uh, traders or, or those involved that you're seeing? Is it, is it, Cybersecurity is it compliance uh, or is it about um, liquidity in this market? What is really their, their top concern before they step in? So for the new entrants coming in the past 12 to 18 months, I would say it's a combination of those three. First and foremost, it's the security of the infrastructure. When you look at the uptime of a number of exchanges, they don't typically meet an equities exchange. So in Bitstamp, for example, though, we understand critical infrastructure, we have 99.98% uptime. And when you have highly volatile periods, that becomes important. So institutions that are entering that are highly regulated want that Fort Knox style security on the infrastructure they're playing. That then gets coupled with regulation around AML, KYC, ensuring that the space that they're operating in is safe and there's no contagion risk to their book. So that's a very key entry requirement for a large number of these institutions. The last one I would say that links to liquidity in some way is custody. So where do you store these assets? How do you make sure that once you've traded them, that you can securely keep them in a capital efficient way? Because whilst cryptocurrency is very advanced from a security perspective, we still have some way to learn from TradFi in capital efficiency. Very interesting. And, and are there different geographic trends 
that you see uh, always with respect to, to the institutional trading? So this is where it's exciting, I think, in crypto. Uh, the vast majority of trends tend to be global rather than geographical, with one key exception that'll come to around regulation. So if we look at just last year and heading into this year, the kind of global trends around NFT, the, you know, the liquid market for digital art, Forbes came out and valued this at $40 billion, this market, in a space of 12 months. Then we're looking at the DAO, which is much more around a deregulated collective action. So we're seeing a lot of organizations being built on the technological DAO. Um, the other thing, trend that I would say is a major global trend where you're seeing probably a bigger uptick in emerging markets like Latin America, India, and Africa is play to earn crypto mm -hmm. in gaming. Now you had Forbes that also came out recently this month that actually suggested that play to earn crypto will account for over 85% of the gaming industry in five years, which I think was a really interesting indicator about where the trends are moving to. Um, and we definitely see the developed markets following in behind that. Where I would suggest is a very clear trend of difference based on geography is more around regulation. And you have a wide spectrum. You can start from the, we will ban all forms of crypto, be that mining, be that an exchange in places such as China. We're hearing it in Russia now as well, which typically reflects the political system that's there. You then have the regional trend in Europe, which is very progressive. Um, and very much looking at how to regulate and learn. So we have the virtual asset service provider regulation, a number of European markets. We have Mika, which is meant to be coming in in 2024 that will again help further regulate in the European markets. We then go across the pond to the US that are still at their early stage of investigations and wanting to understand how to regulate. So I think the, the trend is at a global level, the regulators are now paying attention at the macro global level. And the way it's being executed is different at the regional level. Obviously for Bitstamp, we would love to see some form of alignment across the regulators because that will bring in a very safe trading environment for institutions and retail. Um, and also mature the industry and enable it to start providing a lot more products and services in a very capital efficient and productive way. Very interesting, Mel. Uh, I mean, from a fintech perspective, and I'm starting to, to include, I mean, it's happened in my mind more than a year ago that crypto is part of, of fintech. It's part of um, innovation, technology innovation towards um, the openness, openness of platforms towards a more inclusive financial system and, and crypto uh, definitely is in that spirit and, and in that culture. And we've seen in FinTech quite a bit of regulatory crackdowns coming mainly from, from China. And uh, we expect more uh, in, in different um, sub-verticals of FinTech. Uh, like buy now, pay later, and other types of practices. So in my mind, a regulatory crackdown is, is a risk that crypto also might be subject to. How do, how do you see that? I mean, you already 
shared your views that it's a diverse uh, issue uh, and, and not um, uh, a unified issue. But there are you seeing those risks more in emerging markets, more in developed markets? What is your sentiment of that kind of risk overall? It's an interesting, debatable topic that's at the top of all our tongues, especially at Bitstamp, around regulation and how important it is. We very much subscribe to the need for regulation in the industry. There are those that are very, I would say, crypto fanatic and believe in the decentralized nature of it. So it should never be governed. It shouldn't be regulated. There's the complete other spectrum where it should be completely overly regulated. I think we sit in the middle where regulation provides the rules of engagement. It's something that I think will help mature the market as well. I think as well for regulators, crypto is a different type of asset in the sense that it's technology-based. And it tends to be quite scary when you put the word crypto, cryptography. That feels very much sci-fi futuristic. And you have individuals in financial services, traditional finance, such as myself, that have learnt the way financial assets work in a very specific way that's more number-driven rather than keep cryptography. So what I believe is the responsibility of all of us in cryptocurrency is a form of education. And this is not just for retail and institutions, but also for our regulators to help them understand what is cryptocurrency? What is the difference between a meme coin like Dodge, which isn't based on any fundamentals versus something like a Solana or an Ethereum? And what does it mean for the market? That responsibility, I believe, squarely sits with every market participant in cryptocurrency. So I think it's our job to help regulators understand it, therefore understand how best to regulate it in a way that it fosters a very safe environment and it fosters in a way that we don't have high levels of fraud, which also exists in traditional finance. Of course. And, and I mean, having said all uh, this about the regulation, about um, the, the risks in, in terms of custody um, in different markets and so on, how has Bitstamp's um, business changed over the past year, which of course has been a very intense year in a good sense? It's, it's an involving market that is quickly moving. I've, I've worked in fintech. As you've mentioned, I've worked in traditional exchanges. I've never worked in an environment that moves at the pace of crypto. And I think Bitstamp, like any other firm, needs to be at the forefront. So we are very far advanced in terms of AML, in terms of sharing um, challenges that we see with some clients, with other exchanges to ensure that we clean the actual market up. I think also Bitstamp has been at the forefront of supporting the education of regulators and institutions. That's something that we probably do a lot more actively in the past 12 months than we have historically. We are also looking at how do we bring traditional finance products into the crypto environment that can therefore support a number of the institutions entering into this. So over-the-counter products, prime services, post-trade settlement, how do we start bringing the emerging asset class into mainstream and staying ahead of the curve as we start attracting the more regulated type of participants into the marketplace? So Bitstamp very much is at that forefront and also looking at how we, we can leverage into the gaming space as well. 
Well, thank you very much. It was really interesting chatting with you and understanding um, really this institutional adoption and what's happened and what we, we should expect uh, going forward. Can I ask thank you, you so much for having me? Can I ask you a more personal question? Of course. So what books have you been reading this year or are you reading around crypto? Yes, uh, so I'm still learning. I, I feel the more I learn about crypto, the more I have to learn. Um, so one book that I would really encourage all to start with, if it's the first time you're looking at, is a book by Erica Sanford called um, Crypto Wars. It gives you a very good history behind crypto and its maturing nature. I would also advise the reading of Digital Gold as well, because again, it shows you where it's come from and where it is heading. And I think those two books, give anyone from, from a traditional finance background some good grounding as to the emergence of this asset class and the potential that it holds for everyone. So, so I guess these are more um, to understand the, the evolution and how we, we got here. Because really over the past year, so many things have happened so fast. We don't even, we didn't have the time to realize, hey, how did we get here? completely we talk about the nft market the changes happening we talk about the metaverse i think it also those books helped me understand that the crypto market today is not the crypto market of 10 years ago and the challenges it's had to go through and also the similarities to some of the early equities markets that we had that we've tended to forgotten so i, I think reading those books is helpful because crypto moves so fast, I strongly encourage people to jump on blog sites, Twitter, because that's exactly where the crypto information world lives rather than in books. By the time you write a book, publish it, crypto has changed. Um, so I would definitely encourage people to keep their finger on the pulse that way. That's the case with all the emerging technologies around Absolutely. artificial intelligence, you know, internet of things and so on. They're moving so fast. And there, there's also this convergence overlap and also with social trends which is just uh, amazing mel thank you so much for being with us today thank you for having me i really appreciate it